Welcome to The New Chemist. We're glad you're listening. Feel free to download this podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other platforms. On The New Chemist, we discuss chemistry, or simply put, is a science of change, as well as careers, community, research, and COVID-19. We're happy you're tuning in. My guest today is Omar Sharifali, a colleague of mine from Georgia Tech. Thanks for joining me today. It is so good to hear from you. Just briefly, I'll inform my audience about you. Omar Sharifali has both bachelor's and master's degrees from Georgia Tech in the field of computer science. He graduated with a bachelor's degree in computer science with highest honors and a master's degree specifically in machine learning. He has served as a graduate research assistant and an undergraduate artificial intelligence researcher. He is also multilingual speaking English, Gujarati, Hindi, and Urdu. An accomplished and up-and-coming computer scientist, he is on a good path to making a positive difference in the world. Please welcome Omar Shafi. Well, Omar, thanks for joining me today. It's good to have you on. Hey, thanks for having me, David. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So how have you been, Omar? How, how have things been since the last time I saw you and you were colleagues and you lived right down the hall from me? And was it, what was it Montag Hall? Yeah, that was freshman year of college, man. It's been yeah. a long time. Yeah, it's been. Uh, I been mean, yes. Yeah, things things have definitely changed, man. So, well, we were living on the pre-health floor at that time, right? Yes, we were. So I remember when I was a freshman, my what I wanted to do was computer science with pre-health. That's why I was living on the pre-health floor with you guys. I was the only computer science major, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, after finishing school and during school, I didn't really think there was like a good, good combination of the two, like computer science and health medicine type fields. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, with my new job that I just started, like, I'm happy I finally found that mix because like, yeah. it took me a while, right? Like, so it's been seven years since freshman year, I didn't find any type of role like that, honestly. So Mm-hmm. um you know i just started this january so mm-hmm. six years from freshman year when i first had that original in, uh, vision in my head it it finally uh actualized manifested yeah yeah that's a good one yeah certain flames don't burn don't die easily so getting started uh what have been your long-standing interest in the field of computer science it seems like you hinted at them through the period yeah yeah, yeah i mean Oh, like ever since I was a kid, like I've always just been fascinated with like computers. Uh, just like there's just so much you can do on a computer, um, whether it's like, you know, playing video games, writing software, just browsing the Internet. Like it's just like a whole wealth of information. Right. So mm-hmm. I think for me, like I just got interested at a young age. Like I used to like, you know how it is now today where you see like kids always on their phone. Well, like I guess I was like one of those first types of kids, but it was like, you know, technology obviously wasn't that at the, to the extent it is that now when mm-hmm. I was here, but I definitely had some influence, right? Like I had a laptop as like an early teenager. Okay. You know, so I used to play a lot of video games on it. Like I even got into like uh, writing like scripts for video games and all that. So yeah, good, good. Got into the, I got into like that whole like concept early and I didn't even know what I was doing at that time. Like I, when I was at that age, it was just like, I was, I was just messing around basically like just having fun. Right. And then, yeah, that's good, that's good. you know, as I got older, uh, I was come coming around for like 
high end of high school college time and like i i didn't really know computer science was a field but like as i was introduced to it um i was like oh, okay like this is basically like what i've always been interested in like yeah. as a field right so um after getting introduced to that concept like i was able to like kind of channel my energy towards it and i think like a lot of people that i've talked to like who've started computer science late in their lives it's been like oh like I'm, I'm late to it because I just didn't really know about it. So mm -hmm. I think there's like a huge advantage for people to like learn it early or like be exposed to it earlier. It's just so it's like in their mind that this is like a career path and all that. So yeah, you bring up a very interesting concept and something that I, I, I value highly the concept or the principle of exposure. You know, I don't think, you know, I honestly think that sometimes exposure could carry as much weight as exploration. And what I mean by that is sure. exposing someone to like, say for example, uh, uh, chemistry is my field. So exposing someone to like kinetics, fundamental kinetic principles or rate yep. laws or whatever the case may be. Exposing yep. them to that early so that they get to see where their interest lies. I think yep. that could be uh, as beneficial as them sitting down and studying as well. Depending, yeah. on who's the, depending on who's the person um, exposing them to the material and how well they're versed in it. So how do you maintain view of the bigger picture in your career and in your life in general? I mean, I think for me, it really just starts as like, you got to understand what you want out of your career and your profession and all that. And mm -hmm. like, so for me, like I was saying, like I was always interested in medicine, but like, why was I interested in medicine? Well, I think like my interest really came with like, I wanted to help people or like make a positive impact on the world. Right. Mm -hmm. so like mm -hmm. if you're working on software, that's like, you know, whatever, like related to anything, there's a lot of times where you're working on software that might not be relevant to the world, like making a positive impact in the world, like mm -hmm. making a difference in people's lives essentially. Right. So there's some fields where you could like apply computer science to. So I think for me, like, my big picture was that like, okay, well, what do I want to do with my life and career? Mm -hmm. And like, that's like make a positive impact in the world and like have like, you know, my stamp on like whatever my career does. Right. So I think that's like my biggest motivator. Like even today, like I still think about that, like what can I do in terms of my career to like get there? Like ideally after I finish my career, I want to, I want to be like, I felt like I want to feel like I, I made a positive impact, you know, through my work and all of that. So mm -hmm. I think keeping that as your big picture and like what you really want, some people's big pictures are different, right? Like some people just want to make money. Some people just, you know, want status. Some people like have a drive to make a positive impact in the world. Right. So like mm -hmm. understanding that first and foremost is really like crucial to understanding the big picture. And for me, it was like, I, I, I wanted to make a positive impact. So you know, I always try to tailor like all my decisions and career paths down that ultimate goal. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, man. And it's interesting that you said you from in the previous question, you mentioned how you exposed you you exposed to like fundamental computer science principles through video yeah. games. I've heard yeah. similar sentiments from um Dr. Uh, one of the professors at Georgia Tech and he talked about the Atari. I'm not sure if you know the games console. Yeah, the oh. Atari game console and um how he was yep. introduced that by one of his relatives and he ran about the same uh, path in which he was making modifications of the game. So fundamental computer science principles. So yeah. how have you been adaptive and creative in the field of science? 
in your field of computer science to be exact. Yeah. Where do you think you are carving out a niche or complementing to some authentic yeah. footprint that you leave? Yeah, for sure. I mean, so computer science itself is a a broad field yeah. in general. Like computer science, really like people when people ask me like, oh, like I want to do this, like I want to do that with with computer science. I'm like, dude, like if you want, you can do whatever you want with computer science, right? Like you can say like, I want to do computer science and I want to work on like some specialty robotics. I want to do this. I want to do that. Right. Um, for me, it's, I like, I've been trying to distinguish myself in the sense that like, I did my master's also at GT, um, as you know, yep. uh, and I specialize in artificial intelligence and machine learning and mm. machine learning is a subfield of artificial intelligence. Right. So like already through there, like I've started to specialize and create my niche. Mm-hmm. And for me, it, the reason why I decided to go down like something like that was again, like what can I learn to distinguish myself from others, but also like make a positive impact in the world. Right. So like you see like so many use cases of AI in any field, but specifically like uh, for me, like at my current job, I work at a precision medicine company. And that means that the company basically is built on top of like AI and uses all our data to make like smart decisions about like healthcare and medicine and treating people, improving people's qualities of life. Um, so I think like for me, I've been trying to distinguish myself as, okay, like, yes, I know computer science, but more, even more specifically, like I, 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 I know AI concepts as well and I know how to apply them. Right. Um, so like you can really go into whatever field, but even more specifically, like I want to take that one step further where it's like, okay, not only do I have a, a specialty in AI, like I want to be to a one point where one day I'm like, okay, I have a specialty in AI specifically related to medicine and like carve that out as my niche, right? Um, so like later in my career, I can get to a point where it's like, okay, you know, instead of being more of the person who's like actually on the ground, essentially like doing the hard work and all that, like more as somebody with like a vision and like guiding guiding projects and things like that with the vision, right? So I think like that's kind of where I see my career going down or how I want my career to go moving so, forward. So so do you see that in this thing more on requiring more training, like a PhD? I thought about it, honestly. I was actually like this close to doing my PhD. Um, and I think for me, it was the biggest thing that I had with uh, against doing my PhD was the speed at which academia moves is a bit slower than industry. Like hmm. we, that's, that's a, I think that's a pretty well-known like I, fact as well. Like you've seen, Anantabaki. yeah, you've seen people like, like Elon Musk even come out and say that um, and other like people who that's just by putting the pressure on industry. I think actually I was watching an interview of Sundar, Sundar Pichai, the CEO of uh, Google. He was saying the same thing. He was saying how uh, Google's mission is to kind of like, uh, set the precedent for new technologies because they're the fastest they're able to take it to market faster than like academia and all of that right because mm-hmm. being a big company they can hire they can hire like people with phds and all that and even partner with research but they're the ones actually putting it in people's hands right mm-hmm. um so i think for me that was like one of the bigger reasons too where it's like okay well i want to make an impact faster sooner you know yeah, yeah. um but it's hard. It's hard. I mean, you have to grow your career first before you can kind of like start thinking about those types of ideas. Right. So, yeah. you know, I've only, I've only been working for about three years now. So, um, which is like 
good. I'm getting a lot of exposure to even the field as a whole, but it takes mm-hmm. a while for you to get to that point where it's like, okay, like you're actually making moves. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that was a big decision. Yeah. So it's interesting that you, you said that um, because, you know, in terms of industry, many of many academic labs are funded by uh, different companies. So yeah, yeah. it's very true. Like Novartis and, um Pfizer or whatever the case may be yeah they they are funded by uh, those pharmaceutical companies are funded by uh, those large industries yeah it yeah. makes sense it makes a lot of sense so um you studied at Georgia Tech um you've worked with different companies how have you sort of found the right environment for you to thrive scientifically and intellectually yeah would you say I you think- found that environment Omar yeah, I mean, so for me, like my first job coming out of college, like I was doing, uh, I was doing artificial intelligence work at Capital One, a finance company, right? And so initially, like I was, I was happy with the work that I was doing. But for me, like, like going back to what I was saying earlier, my I have a deeper motivation, right? So um, I think when I switched companies, um, now working at Tempest, uh, precision medicine company is technically still a startup, right? So mm-hmm. that fast paced environment where you're working on new things and going fast, I feel like has been a better environment for me so far. I've only been here for about six months, but, um, I I'm really liking that because like it's fast paced and I feel like every day I'm doing something, it's like taking us one step closer toward like my ultimate like goal. Right. Which is like, improving people's lives and you know making a positive impact so i think it's some people are it depends right like some people wouldn't want to work at a startup some people would probably prefer like a lax work environment and all that and um oftentimes like startups are on the are on the edge of like new technologies and like fast-paced environments and like typically even applying like the newest science too right so um like then that's kind of how they become successful, right? Like somebody comes up with, uh, somebody discovers something, they want to apply it and they make a startup and boom, 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 you're starting to go, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think so far, I'm definitely enjoying a fast-paced environment. Um, yeah. And I, I, I really like that. Like, I feel like I'm making uh, contributions on a daily basis. Okay, that's good. So um, several things I want to ask about that. My question is, how do you manage working in a fast-paced environment? That's a very practical question. Because yeah. I know a number of people in sure. graduate programs, the, yeah. the, when you adjust from undergrad to graduate school, um, the pace of pickup, I think that's the fact yeah. for most people. And the pace sure. of pickup, the amount of tasks they apply to manage it increases. Yeah. So um, how are you managing that? Especially I think COVID. Yeah. I think first and foremost, you have to kind of like understand what you're getting yourself into, right? Like if you realize you have to first understand like, oh, are you capable or is this even forget capable? Is this even something that you want? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was actually uh, at my last job, I was desiring something faster. Right. So I was like, okay, I want to, I want something faster. So I think for me, I came in with the expectation knowing that like, Hey, I might have to work more hours than I was working at my last job. Um, so you have to like really manage your expectations in that sense. But I think sometimes you do get, it, it is tough, right? Like some days you're like working like late into the evening and, mm-hmm. and then you're, you're like, man, like 
this is like this is so tough like i'm mentally drained and all that so yeah, I've, realizing, been there. I've been there yeah exactly so i mean realizing that like it's really common academia too right like i i did my master's i i saw the same thing happening for a lot of people um but i just kind of understand like you have to know that that's something that you're willing to take on if you put yourself in that position too right so i think for me like i was ready for it i wanted it and like so i'm like it doesn't bother me as much in the sense that like if i if i wasn't expecting like a fast-paced environment where i would have to work a little bit extra then i'd probably be like oh man i'm so stressed out like i can't handle this all that mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. you gotta be, like mentally ready for it as well yeah mentally um, prepare yourself for what you have to go through and yeah. all of those things are hemmed within the narrative of the academic journey the highs and the lows for sure uh, yeah yeah they're hemmed in like it's almost like a garment for um, sure. yeah but um at the same time um how do you maintain balance? I think we are progressing well. How do you maintain balance in your life, given your responsibilities and your accomplishments? I would say you're a very progressive young person, uh, yeah. a colleague, and I would say a friend of mine. Yeah. You're multilingual. You've done, you've achieved, you've earned your stripes. Mm -hmm. You speak the Jurati, Hindu, Urdu. You've you earned your stripes. So how do you maintain balance? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, this is probably just, like, for related to what anyone like you got you have to figure out like you can't you have to have balance in your life just in every regards too not just like work and and school and all oh, of that yeah. too right like uh like i'm a big big person big proponent of like keeping balance in multi-facets of your life where it's like yeah. for me personally it's like i like to keep a balance with uh sports and fitness uh work family uh religion so I think like finding like different, different things that you realize that you're kind of maybe uh, leaning skewed one way, let's say like you're skewed towards like uh, maybe working too much, like you need to find those different categories where you can kind of like draw some of that attention to other things and kind of uh, mm -hmm. like full balance, essentially like harmony um, across these different like aspects of your life. Cause I think it's really important too. like at the end of the day, uh, work is work, right? Like you're working, you might, you might have a deeper mission. Um, but at the end of the day, like there's, at least to me, I, there's more important things than, than like that mission where it's like your family is really important. You know, your mm -hmm. mental health is really important. Oh yeah. Your, your, even your, your physical health is really important too. So Indeed. if you start to let one of those drift, it actually affects everything else. Right. So mm -hmm you spend too much time on work and you let your physical and mental health drift, then your, phys your, your work is actually going to start getting impacted as well. Right. So mm -hmm. it's actually been, I feel like it's actually beneficial for you to like not skew, not overweigh on one different part of your life more than the others. I mean, but I mean, that's the constant challenge of life, right? Like yeah. we struggle, we all struggle with keeping balance with different things. Yeah. Um, we all have a, Especially as you know, like going to Georgia Tech, it's tough, man. So we know yeah, we, we know about that. We we have that uh that bond. Yeah. We we're Georgia Tech grads, so we know that how hard and difficult that was. So yeah, for me it was a little different. I yeah, I would say I didn't graduate from Georgia Tech. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But so, even just going there, getting that exposure, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's definitely being there, I would say. Being there, networking there, um, 
of course, it exposes you to a different way to approach problems. And I think that's one of the things that has left an indelible impression in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. not in terms of academia and all those other things. But yeah, dude, I, you know, I've never heard it discussed that way before. Um, having balance, like compartmentalizing your life and having balance in each one of those compartments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. That's definitely an interesting perspective. Because, you know, I've heard, uh, I've heard different discussions of balance and that balance is dynamic and mm-hmm. that balance is not just this static sense of perfection but mm-hmm. the dynamics in which you adjust to all of the different things that are requiring your attention for sure requiring um your just requiring you to address them so yeah, yeah. so it's yeah, an interesting perspective very interesting i i'm probably going to tuck that somewhere and look into that <laughs> afterwards so yeah. yeah um omar my question to you now is um what will you attribute to your success what, what has been complimentary to you being successful? Yeah, I mean, hey. Outgoing personality, was it? Yeah, I mean, well, first in my head, like I haven't reached success in my head. Okay, uh, that's very good. That's an honest and, assessment of yourself. Yeah, I, and I think that's one of the things that drives and motivates me, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm not content with, with where I'm at, right? So, mm-hmm. and many people, many people like are content, like they come out of, college they find a job they're working like cool like they're happy with that right for me like i said like i i set high standards and and high life goals for myself right so mm-hmm. my definition of success is not short-term success is long-term success and you know like that doesn't just extend to like work life it extends to personal life too right like you you success in my definition is like success in in work success in in your personal life and like not only enabling yourself for a good future enabling your family for a good future and all of that too right so mm-hmm. um and then yeah I, I think i think constantly like working on yourself and all of that like is is something that i try to do so like i said i, I don't feel like i've reached success but mm-hmm. things that i that i i, I have done is like just try to be proactive and mm-hmm. uh, like try to be pr- easygoing in, in the work environment. And also mm-hmm. like one thing that's really helped me and it's like kind of specific to my job is like communication, mm-hmm. uh, the better communicator you are, like it'll just set you up for success in any environment. I feel like mm-hmm. um, so like specifically in, in working in software um, and AI and stuff like that, like communicating, uh, making sure you're like really sharing everything you learn and all of that is like, it's something that I, I, I've been trying to make an effort to get better at. And I feel like, uh, by me getting better at it, it helps me like achieve more and at my job too. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's definitely something that like I've been trying to actively work on. Um, mm-hmm. and it's definitely been helping too. So. Yeah, dude, I completely agree. And you know, I, you may, uh, this is my personal opinion. You may feel as if you haven't reached success to the noun, but I think the adjective successful can be used to describe you. So, um, and I agree with the I agree with the fact that you said success in the long term is more like setting others up and setting yourself up for prosperity and doing well in the future, and also having impact over time, not just in one instance or like over like two or three years. So yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. So how do you maintain vision and teamwork 
in your environment? How are you maintaining that, especially during COVID? Yeah, I mean, COVID could be isolating sometimes. I think everyone has realized it. Yeah, I mean, like going back to the point of teamwork and, and COVID, like I think that was something that a lot of people were hit on. Uh, it's it's hard to have that same like teamwork when you're completely virtual, right? Like, mm-hmm. so I remember like you can't high five your friends. You can't, yeah, none of that. You know, you can't. I mean, you can't do it. That's so critical. <laughs> you can't roll your chair over and be like, hey, like, what's this? Like, can you explain yeah. this to me, right? Where it's yeah. like now you have to formulate your ideas into words and like make sure those words are actually like clear. Mm-hmm. Um, so like. I mean, I guess it kind of relates back to what I was saying earlier, like your communication becomes even more important during times like this, right? Um, for teamwork. And uh, like, yeah, I definitely think that that COVID's been tough, but people are adjusting. Uh, like, mm-hmm. for example, like a lot of tech companies are now like allowing people to fully work fully remote. Um, and I think people are really liking working fully remote also goes back to the idea of balance that we were kind of talking about too, right? People are becoming, uh, having more balanced lives in the sense that like, they don't work every hour from nine to five, like they'll work, they'll maybe take an hour, go for a run and then work an extra hour later, or like, you know, take their, pick their kids up from school and then make up those time like later in the evening or something like that. Right. Mm. Um, so I think, I think, yeah, definitely like, uh, that balance has has changed with uh, working from home and COVID and all that, but mm. some people really enjoy that. I mean, I'm still young. Like I still want to go into the office and like, just like, you know, kind of gr- getting that grind vibe and all that. Like I don't really have too much responsibilities and family and all that. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. That's fair. That's fair. So as we conclude, um, why did you choose computer science as a field to major in and what advice do you have for those wanting to pursue the field you're currently working in yeah yeah so like yeah computer science i think i really just chose it because i feel like it's not a a a specific field such that like okay you go into medicine you're doing you're working on medicine for the rest of your life right like for the most part right like that's kind of like how a lot of these different uh, fields are. Like you go into finance, you mostly stay in finance, right? If you go to computer science, you really just learn, uh, you just really learn a way of solving and doing things, right? Like mm-hmm. you're, you can do whatever you want with a computer science degree. You could go into finance, you could go into medicine, you could go into video games, like you were mm-hmm. saying, go into like anything, right? So I think for me, it was like, okay, well, I have a huge interest in computers already, um, but I don't really know exactly what I want to go into, like what industry, I guess, like finance, medicine and all that. Um, I initially, like I said, I wanted to go into medicine, but when I was early on in college, like I didn't really think that was going to work out um, because like it just wasn't like what six years ago now, like time flies, like the whole landscape of, of tech was vastly different even six years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, I think understanding that like, I chose computer, I chose computer science because like, I really understood that like, oh yeah, I could, I could go a lot of different directions with this. Right. And it's something that I, that, that interested me. Um, so that's kind of why I chose it. And then what was the second part of the question that you were saying? Uh, my second part was, uh, uh, what advice do you have for those wanting to pursue the field you're currently working with? 
Yeah. I mean, so I think for people who want to go into computer science is like, try it out. Like first and foremost, like see if, uh, see how you like it and all that. There's so many like tutorials, like different mm -hmm. ways of doing, uh, like intros to computer science. Like for example, I volunteered for an organization called, uh, uh, girls who code. Right. And basically like the whole point of the organization is to like, uh, increase exposure to like, uh, young girls to computer science, um, just so they can like even get the idea in their head. Okay. This is what computer science is. Maybe I want to go into it. Right. Mm -hmm. So like exposing yourself just to the concept first and foremost is like, obviously the best way, kind of like what we were saying earlier, mm -hmm. like you need to really like understand what it is. Um, and like if some people's, some people's like, uh, some people don't think in the way that would make sense for going to computer science. Like I've met, I've met some of my cousins who were like tried going to computer science and they're like, yeah, I just feel like my brain just doesn't like, uh, like, like formulate like thoughts and stuff like that, like putting it into code and all that. But a lot of people can like really easily pick it up. So mm -hmm. I think trying it out and there's like a number of different ways to try it out. Like you could, if you're interested in sports, there's something you could do for sports, like just for fun, right? Like you could download some sports data and like try to manipulate that data and like, whatever right like you can get exposure that way or mm -hmm. you can follow a tutorial on how to make a game like you can making a game is like there's software that you could use to easily make it like for example i know i know jupiter like notebooks. yeah you can do jupiter notebooks i know a 13 year old who made a game wow because he just got curious like he wanted to make a game he like found out how to do it he found a tutorial and he made a game right and now he wants to go into computer science right yeah swirl you know? huh swirl for r swirl yeah yeah, yeah there's so, there's so many different things like right. uh, a lot of people are getting exposed to it in in uh grad school for a variety of different things because mm -hmm. you need it for a lot of different fields as well right so yeah. it gives you more uh, prowess yeah more exactly prowess. so i think it's more of like it's it's a tool that anyone could really use in in any field like mm -hmm. whether even forget like okay maybe you don't want to like go specialize in it you you don't want that to be your ma major but you can still benefit from having that knowledge like in fact like i know a number of people a no, number of my friends who are at engineers and they're like oh yeah like when i was interviewing they asked me if i knew like how to code or anything like that right so mm -hmm. um just like try it out at the worst like you can say that okay yeah i kind of know how to code like i i went through a tutorial or something like that so I think that's my advice. And then there's also a lot of subfields for computer science. Like what I was mentioning earlier, if you're interested in sports, like you could do some uh, data science, you could do data analytics. Like that's not like, that's not, that's a specific field of computer science. That's honestly today, it's pretty easy to get into. Like you have a programming language called Python, super easy mm -hmm. to use. Very and powerful. It, very powerful. Like I use it every day at my work. That's our main programming language. And like, that's also the main programming language that a lot of people first learn. Right. So mm -hmm. like, I think, uh, that could give confidence to people hearing like, okay, like a professional like me uses Python every day at their job. And it's also the easiest one to learn. Right. Um, so I, I, I think that today and tomorrow and next week, it's only going to get easier and easier to learn how to code and like get exposed to it so mm -hmm. yeah, yeah i agree i agree so what is the most beneficial advice you have received as we conclude what is the most beneficial advice you have received if you had to like 
summoned on to like two or three statements. Yeah. Oh, that's a tough one, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure you're up to it. Yeah. Huh. Best advice that I've ever received. Mm-hmm. I think. Oh, what resonates with you more? What, what replays in your mind? You go yeah. through challenging time. Yeah, I'm thinking about a few things. Yeah, I'm thinking about a few things. But I think for me, some of the best advice that I've received and like, it's I don't want to be repetitive, but it's like figuring out your long term vision. Like, I I think like early on, like, like what I was saying earlier, I, I realized that I wanted to like, make my my long-term vision be like, okay, I want to have a positive impact on the world. Right. Mm-hmm. I think really figuring that out. A lot of people don't know that. Like, like I have so many cousins who are like just trying to get into college or like just in that phase. And I'll be like, okay, so what do you, uh, what do you want to like, what do you plan on like majoring in or all that? And a lot of them are like, yeah, I don't know. And then I I'll be like, okay, well, uh, like, what do you want to do? Like, what's your, like, what do you want to do with your career? Like what's your final outcome? So like always having the, the big picture, like in your head is like super beneficial for, for you. Like some people's big picture might just be like, Hey, I want to save up a lot of money and retire. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. that's your big picture. Well, like really figure out if that's what you want. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think really figuring out uh, what you want from your like career and even more deeper than that, like your life, I think that's definitely some of the best advice that I've gotten because everyone goes through that struggle, like identity. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. like I remember even at some point in college, I was like, wait, like, should I be doing computer science? Like maybe it's not for me. Like, and I feel like almost everyone has in college specifically has been like, whoa, like, okay. I mean, there's obviously some people who don't, but like a lot of people will go through that thought in their head. Mm-hmm. Uh, even and in grad then, school, dude. Yeah, even in grad school. Some people will do a PhD for like five years and be like, wait, this is not it. Like, And like five years of PhD down the drain. Um, and actually, one of my coworkers, uh, he's an MD. Mm-hmm. Like, he finished medical school. Like he did some training after and then he completely transitioned into software. Like, wow. so and he's literally an MD. Like he's my coworker and he's he's a software engineer. Like he he works in software, right? So um i think i think like really kind of figuring out like what type of impact you want to have and like or what you just want out of your life and career is like keeping that big picture always in your head and remembering that like setting yourself achievable goals is definitely um the best advice yeah yeah yeah. so it's good to be pragmatic it's good to think about the big picture and it's good to break it down into granularity and particulars yeah i mean by that it's like day-to-day steps how can yeah. I achieve this big goal? For sure. And then, of course, it's important to do your homework. You know, as good as it may be to eat eggs every single day, if you have the capacity to make a cake mm-hmm. and you go to the grocery store and all you get is eggs and you have the capacity to get more ingredients, I think mm-hmm. it's up to you. You have to make the decision on yourself, you know, get mm-hmm. the ingredients, go through the process and achieve mm-hmm. the end result. So, mm-hmm. yeah, of course, there's a degree of serendipity or favor or blessing or whatever you want, may want to describe it yeah. as that goes into the journey. But at the end of the day, work is very important. And, you know, yes, we all have our different struggles. And yes, we all have our different challenges that are woven into the narrative of our lives. But sure. I think, you know, 
depending on how we approach them. And with a good degree of optimism and positivity, I think we could progress through them, hopefully. Uh, at, least that, at least that works out in most cases. So yeah. or, or we could learn something from it. That, I think that's more feasible. Yeah. yeah. And I think even like you saying that, like another piece of really good advice that I've gotten, like even related to that is like, don't get hung up on like uh, setbacks or like sometimes if you didn't get what you want, like mm-hmm. who knows what's in store for you, man. There's only, only one person who knows what's in store for you. And I mean, it depends on what you believe in all that, but Hey, I personally believe that like everyone has something in store for them. Mm. Um, and like I mean, sometimes people will get hung up on like the, right now, like, oh, this didn't go out, go the way that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Like even relating it back to myself, like I didn't think I'd ever like make the transition back to like my original like desire in terms of like computer science and medicine. Right. And like when I first experienced, when I first experienced that, like, oh, like I, I went to fresh, freshman year career fair and I talked to a number of different companies, like who are like kind of related to like medicine. Mm. Um, and I was like, Hey, like, do you guys have openings for computer science majors? And all, every single one of them said, no, oh, every wow. one of them. I went to, I went to the pre pre health, uh, career fair mm-hmm. and every single one of them said no. And like, I searched for jobs and all that. And I just really didn't find any. And I was like, man, like maybe this isn't it for me. Like, maybe this is just like, like not, not it. Like maybe I should like change, change gears and all that. Right. Mm -hmm. But you know, like six years later, here I am not right now, like something came, an opportunity came for me and like, I'm back doing what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think like always remembering that, like, you know, there's, everyone has like a destiny and like, there's, there's something you have ups and downs in your lives, but like mm-hmm. everything's supposed to happen for a reason too. Like, so. Yeah, I do. I, I agree with that. And uh, I come to my face background, but I agree that every, everyone's there for a reason. They, yeah. Everyone has intrinsic value and they can complement in their, their own life and other people's lives as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man. But yeah, this is, this is a really good discussion and it's really good to hear from you, Omar. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. We're glad you were able to tune into this podcast. Once again, this is The New Chemist, where we discuss chemistry, which simply put is the science of change, as well as the other sciences, careers, community, research, and COVID-19. Thanks again for listening. Note, the views on this podcast represent those of my guests and I. Thank you.